gentlemen, non-binary folks of fancy, it's Radio Free Tote Bag for this week, Rob Donovan. And I'm Arthur. Uh, and with us, we have Liam, who has just called me a Nazi for doing yoga. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This podcast is over. I will be assuming control. The coup, we have seized the radio stations. <laughs> Here are our demands. And the demand is evidently for me to stop becoming a Gumby flexible boy. Uh, on account of Liam sent a little, a little article. Uh, and apparently the fucking Nazi upper brass uh, were doing downward dog through the downfall. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> very good. That was great. I don't that know. Was, very that good. was terrific. Uh, remember how you had that neighbor who said, I saw the yoga guy. I wonder if she oh. saw a dude walking by in an SS uniform. And then she was like, I saw the yoga guy. Oh, doing yeah. The SS guy just doing, doing his poses. The leather's not bendy, man. You gotta, you gotta really work for it. Well, you see, they they had their whole the SS had their own special emblem, right, of the skull and the crossed bones. Yeah, mm. uh, and that's actually meant to be an X-ray representation of the ultimate yoga pose, where you detach your head and both of your shins and neatly arrange them into a, into a little crossbone situation. You could also do that to Nazis if you play enough Wolfenstein. So yeah. I like that one better. That kind of. If you are a Nazi, please remove your own head. We're not murdering Nazis. We're just getting them to be really good at yoga so that they flex into break their own necks. God willing, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, folks, uh, it's me, Donovan, talking about yoga at the beginning because it's been a long day. We had a long weekend. I went out every fucking night, which is crazy for me because I haven't had that much social energy recently. But this weekend, I was just like, I'm going to see all of the people. Everybody. I'm going to be the man about town. I'm going to get done all of the social times that I need uh, so that I've got a surplus for winter. You know what I'm mm-hmm. getting at? Mm-hmm. But so I was trying to do the yoga before this to wake myself up a little bit. Uh, and it was harder than expected. And now I'm kind of tired and confused. But sometimes that makes for comedy. We're just setting the scene here a little bit. Powerful. Uh, I had a good, fun, long weekend, uh, wherein I went for delicious Indian food and also hookah, uh, on a date with, a, a great young gentleman who recently said that I am, uh, quote, let me pull up the text. Ooh, drum roll, please. Kind of fucking adorable. Yes. Yeah. That's pretty yeah, Job good. well done, Arthur. I'll take it. Dubs in the chat all the way around. Yeah, that's that's a successful weekend too. Liam, yeah. how are you doing out in your uh neck of the woods? It's so fucking hot, Donovan. Yes, it is. Uh <laughs> I have changed clothes twice today. <laughs> I uh I was in Boston with my parents uh this past weekend and uh it was a lot of fun. Uh I met some uh people who I had been on New England Beer Podcast. Shout out to Emily and TJ, who I met at a bar. Uh, and then TJ and I went to another bar, and then things get a bit hazy from there. <laughs> As I they had a great time. <laughs> it seems very good leading up to the haze. Like, the trajectory was good. The haze was know? not bad. I was in my own bed by the time the haze occurred. Ooh. Perfect. Wonderful. Wonderful. That's fucking dubs all the way around for this fucking piece of shit America weekend. Uh, it was, I also ate, like, oh my god. Four rolls of sushi, Fourth mm. of July night, and says so walking home with like ten whole tunas flopping around in my stomach. <laughs> going off. What it's ethnic like a, food? Just like a micro colony. What yes. ethnic food did you enjoy on Fourth uh, of July, Liam? Because I had Indian. I had there steak. Yes. Oh, I am a real American. And then I had a, a, a the one of the worst pretzels I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Wait, like a like a giant pretzel yeah, kind of situation? Yeah, like clearly like straight from the freezer to the microwave sort Ooh, of deal. Oh, no. That's a disappointment. Those are usually like a pretty solid. Yeah, pick, normally right? they are. They're normally like it's hard to fuck them up, but they managed. God damn. And we salute them uh, on the brave day of American exceptionalism showing some pretzel exceptionalism right there. Uh, incredible stuff. I thought I had another story in here. I guess my, my mind is kind of recoagulating today after mm. uh after extended drinky time uh i went to uh 
a little house party thing. All they had was bourbon and Malort. Okay. That's Very some real Chicago. Chicago shit. Yeah. It was some real Chicago shit. And so I got uh I got a little bit fucked up by that. I didn't get to sleep until like four or five in the morning. Oh, that's tough. But I'm calling that a victory because I woke up not hungover somehow. I fucking forgot about that part. Nice Damn. audio. Damn. I'm like getting dubs that I forgot about coming back to me. It's like a Oh, we love to see it. It's like a second helping of dub. I'm saying <laughs> dub a lot. I'm just fucking filled with them. I'm sorry. Okay. What am I? The beginning of a website address? I got so many dubs. Uh, overflowing with dubs. My dub runneth over. Mm. Oh, that's good. That's very good. Mm, that lets oof, that's like a bitter flavor. That bit. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, hey, this Darn, is a show. Take them away. This is a show about relationships. <laughs> sure, ostensibly. Uh, trying to trying to stay on topic here, make sure Arthur doesn't derail this too much. Liam, you've been with us before, and so we have asked you uh, our, our standard uh, guest questions. I've got another answer. You do? Uh, I used you to come with, with another question. You have I, used another to, I used to live with my ex, uh, which was the worst mistake I have ever made in my mm. life. Oh, she was currently the ex. Yeah, I. Uh, oh, so no, we broke up and then continued to live together. Yes, correct. Yeah, for Good like point. nine months, and we were like obviously fighting all the time because we were both miserable pieces of shit. And this is a much shorter story, but like all I can say is like my my stead, my ironclad piece of relationship advice, which is unimpeachable, unimpeachable, is do not fucking live with your ex under any circumstances. <laughs> Just leave. Just yeah. do the, the share zone thing and leave. <laughs> <laughs> what was the what was the situation? Was it just kind of like that was the only option for place to stay? No, that was, was it- that was the only thing she could do. Uh, so and, and I was like, I did like so I I uh I sort of had known the relationship was coming to an end um when I went to my friend's cabin and I hung out with her and her then boyfriend. Uh for like five days and i came home to like my my ex basically being like like you don't care about me anymore and then 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 uh but i had not realized that she had already started cheating on me and this this came out sort of in bits and pieces but uh and she started cheating on me and uh she broke up with me uh like the week before my birthday after doctors had told me I had what they didn't know at the time was a benign tumor in my brain. Jesus. So I just had these unknown tumors and then she like broke up with me, but she didn't move out. And it sucked because I learned later, I learned like, had I just been like, all right, get the fuck out. Or if I had moved out, I could have moved in with my friends Mm. uh, and saved myself like six months of like agony. But no, I lived with my ex and we continued continued to like hook up until like like march and she moved out april 1st of 2016 yeah uh but like i i remember like it was clear that that's what she was doing and i was like i came home one night from if you remember uh the the girl from my first appearance i came home actually yeah from her we're not supposed to talk about that you're not supposed to say that that's believed that's, whoops <laughs> whoops that's getting blamed <laughs> uh and uh womp womp and i was like yeah like i was like drunk and slurring and i was like you know what's a good time for like an all-out horrible fight i was like yeah i came home from her house and like we fucked and i was just like being a real piece of shit like admittedly like do not do this it was like mid March, and it was very close. She was like leaving in two weeks anyway, and I'm like going to burn this fucking bridge. Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. And then we still hung out, yeah, until like July, where we had this basically ending fight. And uh, shout out to the CVS at 43rd and Spruce, which has seen more than one meltdown from me. <laughs> like this one CVS has been like the source of like five of my meltdowns across the decade that I've lived in Philadelphia. I totally get it, though, because I was there were a couple of things that I was going to ask that were answered. First of all, did you hook up during the time that you were living together post relationship? Of course you did, because the rule is if you have fucked and you live together, you will fuck. That's just, that's just what's going to happen. Like, I don't know of a well, other way, any other way that that goes. 
because one your the horny will coincide at some point and someone's going to knock on someone's door that's going to that's happen that's true um secondly uh i totally get getting home from something and just like man i really want to get into a horrible fight right now yeah like, i understand like, that I, impulse. I turned on i turned on the suck jets <laughs> <laughs> i was just like how can i make this like very delicate situation just horrible for everybody and like yeah. i like you know it never it never got physical but i remember like in my triumphant dick move uh the week before she moved out i poured a bottle of tequila down the sink was it Ooh. hers yeah oh yeah not not a great thing for me to do yeah no listen listen collateral damage yeah (laughs) poor tequila i could i could look back on myself and say that wasn't a very smart thing i did that's an important skill this tequila is trying to attend a wedding get (laughs) him collateral damage kind of thing there's something something. oh shit fuck dude you should you should have said your many wedding (laughs) Yes, that go. would have nailed it. God. <laughs> well, Farkin, hey, that is uh that is all around a bad goddamn time. It was a bad goddamn time. I can confirm. Did you was this like a, a one bedroom apartment situation? Yes, it was. Jesus. Oh. So there was no like no, there's no escape safe spot. Escape. You didn't no. even you couldn't even there nah, dude. when the hookups no, happened, it no, wasn't even a no. knock on the door. It no. was a no. It was a no. rollover in bed. Yeah, just like, hey, you up? <laughs> like swiping at the other person. <laughs> I'm swiping right. Wake up. Please wake just up. Cross the nipple. Yeah, for that real tactical, <laughs> tactical clicky feel. Well, a fantastic uh, second story with the return to the pod, Liam. We Don't fucking do it. Don't do it. <laughs> uh, well, hey, uh, we drawing from the lessons we we took from uh, that tale, that cautionary mm-hmm. tale. Uh, we got some listeners sending some questions in. Maybe some of them are related. Some of them involve homes, uh, and that's where y'all were. You were in a home together. How about we answer those mm-hmm. questions? Are we sure, ready? Let's do it. I'd love that. All right, because it's time for the question box. Asking all the questions. Asking all them questions, why you asking all them questions, making statements, uh, asking all them questions, asking all them questions, why you asking all them questions, making statements, uh, Woo! It's the fucking question box, the segment of the show where you, the listener, can send your questions into us and we will answer them. If you'd like to send a question in and you don't know how to do that, you can find a link to the question box at our website, radio. No, wait, that wow, that was a that was an old pool. I almost said radiofreetotebag.podium.co. And I can't even say oh. website actually because our website is still down because our podcast host transferred. Yeah. So this is all useless information right now. Unless it's in the future, then maybe rftb.me. Uh but hey, our social media at rftbpod on Twitter, at Radio Free Tote Bag on Instagram. You can find a link to the box. It's anonymous. You don't have to make an account. Type it in. Bada big, bada boom, and, and then we read it. Uh, and this week we have uh, a whole bunch of stuff. And thank you to Liam for uh, for sharing that question box out there. Happy to help. Uh, so we maybe we do a special segment at the top of the question box because we have uh, a little collection of stubs that are specifically for Liam. Uh, I call them Liam stubs. And the first right Liam stub is this: What does Liam think about onions? I like onions. Next question. All right. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Was there any context for this? Why does this person ask about onions? I don't know. Is this a thing about uh, the onion router, maybe? Uh, Tor? Uh, I don't know. Mm. I, my oh. friend used to work on that project and is still involved with it. And she's mm. great. So. so thumbs up. Thumbs up. Uh, don't buy child pornography, though. That's okay. bad. Yeah, thumbs down on that one. But thumbs up on onions uh, and web onions. Liam. Are drugs extremely lame or extremely cool? Uh, neither. Uh, having mm. having been addicted to many drugs in my life, uh, I would say uh, you're never as smart as you think you are fucking around with the hard stuff. But Real also, talk. people people are going to be people, and rather than criminalize and destroy people's lives over choices they make, we should do what we can to help them and help them get treatment for free. Uh, in a way that doesn't like restrict their freedoms. Fuck yeah. 
Hell yeah. I think we're behind that too. And I would describe that policy as extremely cool. Thanks. Uh, but, but maybe a little twist on the question, because drugs is such a, you know, land of fucking varied contrasts in there. Uh, what is the coolest drug and what is the lamest drug? Ooh. Uh, coolest drug is acid. Uh, the lamest mm. drug is cocaine, even though I love cocaine, because <laughs> all it does is make you talk fast and be boring at parties. Wow. <laughs> I was going. I was going similar answer on on the lame one. Uh, I feel more often than not, cocaine makes a situation worse rather than better. Yeah, or makes a person worse always, rather than better. Because you always want to get in a fight on coke. It's true. You get that thing where you're talking very quickly and your teeth are chattering together like Mr. And you kind of, if you're not that high on, like, you know, you sound like a dick too. And like being, (laughs) being on Coke and being aware that you sound like an asshole is such a downer fucking feeling. Hmm. In a time where you would typically be sort of either like excited or something like you're consciousness that like, that makes it suck. That's interesting. I also have a I do I do like ecstasy, but not as much as everybody else does. Sure. Yeah. That one kind of had its moment, I feel like. It got a little played out. Now it's yeah. less cool. It kind of got in with the wrong crowd, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it itself started taking the hard stuff. <laughs> <laughs> ecstasy started shooting up uh fentanyl. Was <laughs> oh, that what I mean that's what cut pills are, right? Like stepped on pills. Sure. It's that the yeah, it's it's fent. It's fent, buddy. Test your drugs, folks. Big, big moves. Uh, I feel like I should answer uh, in a somewhat diplomatic way due to my uh, current uh, uh, work status. And so I will say that the coolest drug is honesty. And, and the lamest drug is uh, leaning when you have time to clean. Ah, uh, there we go. <laughs> such, a, such an sure. asshole now. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, I thought I had never had to hear that phrase again. <laughs> right? Goddamn. I, I forgot about that one, too. Yeah. Uh, I'm in a management internship now. Uh, I'm upset that I heard it. The, my lamest yeah. drug is the chemicals that just came out of my brain when I heard that phrase. They were <laughs> <bad> chemicals. <laughs> I'm gripped with a, a, a kind of foggy tower or terror from, uh, from my kitchen days. All right, drugs down, onions down. Liam, if you could repeal only one law in the U.S., what would it be and why? Uh, oh, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Is there like a creation of this country law? We can <laughs> yeah, just nip right. the butt? <laughs> could I... Uh, I wouldn't undo a law, but I would... Or because I don't think I could, like, I couldn't undo, like, like, mass incarceration by overturning one law. Right. Yeah. But, like, I would overturn the Supreme Court decision, uh, Citizens United. Which, yeah. Yeah. Which allowed corporations to basically have all the free speech they want. And, I yeah. mean, electoralism is doomed anyway, but, like, that's the first one that comes to mind. Uh... I would, I don't know, I would also, the one law I would pass uh, would be that uh, we, oh God, we would make it federally mandatory for cops to get out of their cars and walk around and see how they fucking like it. (laughs) I can't abolish the police, but I can inconvenience them. (laughs) Yeah, just take every cop's whip. What if they yeah. like, they just like, yeah. can't, they just, you you're know, fucking walking, bud. You're, you're fucking walking, walking bud. <laughs> Probably not <laughs> as much in the mood to shoot innocent civilians. Uh, if you got sweaty ass fucking junk, it's just like my feet around. hurt. Like you guys do whatever you want. I'm going to go sit down. <laughs> <laughs> and then they could try to go lay on a bench and there's the fucking anti-homeless architecture. And maybe we get some change on that too. Cause folks got a nap. Folks got a nap. People need places to sleep, man. My, maybe a little aside here, I think my, they didn't ask me, but I think my law would be that no shoes, no shirt, no service law. Because barefoot is legal. Barefoot is, oh God. And and nips out are legal. Yeah, Uh, in Ohio at least, yeah. And service is legal. Wait, no, that's not like banning service that's saying if you don't have any shoes or no shirt, you're not going to get any service. Okay, disregard that last one. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, and then finally, for, for can I some read reason, I, can, I need to read yes, this one because yes, we're flipping them back and forth. <laughs> Liam, this one's not specifically addressed to you, but I feel I will bring it up to you in the in the Liam Stub section. You like jazz? Do I like jazz? You like jazz? I kind of like jazz. Okay. I don't know much about jazz. I'll take it. Please make me stop. Please let me stop doing the voice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were playing some like uh, some like low key jazz at the fucking hookah place, and it was bad as fuck. It was like perfect for the ambiance. I loved it. That's sick. There we go. So we do like jazz. Uh, and now that we have rounded out the most important <laughs> pressing questions here, <laughs> uh, we've got some relationship related ones, believe it or not. For once. And here is a fantastic, maybe the best opener to a question I've ever heard. Hello, kings of relationships. Woo! Yes. Bow down uh, and, and buy me a drink or something. Buy him a drink. My girlfriend has a close friend who is a gay man. While he's nice to me in person, one of our mutual friends has told me that he rips into my looks, voice, personality, and clothing choices, often asking my GF why she's dating me. When I confronted my GF, she said that the friend was doing this, but that's just what gay men do. I, I don't know about... Okay, I found this offensive and said that it was no excuse even if that were the case. How can I get this gay friend to treat me with respect behind my back? Uh, this is somewhat fraught for me to talk about, but I, as the as sort of the representative of the LGBT community in this conversation, I have known a number of uh, cis gay men who behave in this way. And I think it's because every identity is performative. The dude bro is a performative identity. The leftist podcaster is a performative identity. We are all kind of doing these archetypal things that we do right mm -hmm. we f you figure out the kind of guy that you are and you do that and there is a type of of gay that is the caddy gay and some people find themselves performing this role and it involves having your you know your time to rip into uh somebody that you're ostensibly kind of cool with into their looks and whatever and and I, I think that it sucks I think that you would have to get in touch with him and be like don't please don't can you please don't it, take it easy. Take it easy, man. Like take it easy. It like that's that's all you can really do here. Because and then I, and then I think he's gonna call you wimpy for fucking asking him to not. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's gonna. Yeah, he's gonna give you a wedgie and a swirly and stuff <laughs> sure. in your locker. You know how gay guys go. <laughs> you know how you know how it is. <laughs> you know that performative identity. <laughs> yeah this this isn't this isn't fun particularly like with it going on behind your back and then like you got to see that person and it, i don't know it's your, your partner's friend you want to like be cool and stuff but that's a fucking uncomfortable situation yeah. you know if, if you called your uh your shoes whack or something uh <laughs> like i don't know how how close are you to this person is kind of part of it too because arthur you might like maybe you, that could be a route talking to them directly yeah if you got some kind of thing going on there but also like the fact that it's happening behind your back that makes it a little harder to directly address like that yeah like because you the only way to approach it is like i heard you talking shit yeah i just <laughs> i just punch him in the face right which <laughs> may not go over so well maybe, no, maybe, maybe not, not the best way to handle it uh i think this is more like a conversation with your partner here mm, i think so too because it seems like she's kind of like, it doesn't seem like such a big deal to her. And maybe it isn't. Like, maybe this dude's just fucking roasting you, and it's like... It's not saying. that bad, right? He's, he's honestly yeah. just sort of fucking around. Mm -hmm. And you're now hearing it Second secondhand. Hand. I don't want to gun in, go in guns blazing. They're just like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, especially yeah. if they're receptive. Because then you've burned that bridge before you even got a chance. Right. So I think, I, I think maybe talking to talking to her explain it bothers you maybe get a little bit more into that uh because she might also just you confronted her and she said oh, not that big of a deal if it truly is just like a it just roasting you kind of thing like she might not realize that you are so bothered by this so i would kind of make sure you're communicating uh your feelings around this and like hey this is actually making me feel bad or making me feel uncomfortable and maybe she could i don't know say something to him or uh maybe has a better read on the situation 
did you like piss this dude off or something? Does he not like you? I like, guess right. another thing. I guess if you could find that kind of distinction, like, are you cool in person typically? And he's, I don't know. He's probably just fucking roasting you uh, uh, yeah. with her. But I don't know. I, I get the discomfort here. And if it's something that's like actively stressing you out and making it harder to hang out with this person, like I just communicate that all to your partner, you know, because I'm sure they don't want to uh, have that kind of stress on everything too if they, if they realize, you know, it's this big of a deal. Mm-hmm. I'm with that. On the other hand, you could also just kind of be like, eh, whatever. And it's yeah, right. Just let it slide because it sucks. But like you, if you don't want to have that, which is also understandable, like not wanting to have that confrontation. Mm-hmm. If you're just like, all right, like, I'm not worried about it. Like you want to be a dick, be a dick. Because at some right. point, like that's sort of all you can do, at least in my mm-hmm. experience. Right. Especially kind of a, a person secondary to you like this, where there's not like, a, hey, we've we've known each other a long time. Let's sit down. This has been bothering me, kind of thing. Uh, so that unfortunately might be might be the move there. Um, Maybe part of your identity is the laid back guy who right. just like lets things go. Maybe that's your performative identity is chill, bro. Let his roasts roll off of you like a duck. Wait, water roll. I almost said a duck. Like a duck rolls off water. Yeah, you know what I guess. You know those waterproof boys. The water rolls right off of. Oh, I guess if water boils up on the ducks, and it doesn't get on the duck, it slides off. I guess a duck would kind of slide off water. What are they doing on top of the water? They're floating around. They're sliding on the water. That analogy was sound. That's what I'm getting at here. Yeah. How do they get on the duck? Nailed it. Nailed it. I'm moving uh, on. I'm moving give them, on. Give them some breadcrumbs. They love those. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. I'm a relatively new listener. We appreciate Ooh. you listening. Yeah. And uh, listener says, I appreciate what you guys have been doing. Hey. I'm writing because I have a cringy fetish that is so cringe, I won't say what it is. I want to quit having it, but I find it very difficult to get in the mood without it. I feel like I have an unhealthy addiction. Any idea how to fix my fucked up brain? Well, first of all, your brain's not fucked up. That's just human nature. Yep. It's fine. You're into what you're into. You're into what you're into. And unless your fetish is, and it's possible that your fetish is something real bad that involves endangerment to people, in which case, kudos to you for recognizing that it could harm someone. Mm -hmm. Go see a fucking therapist. If, and I'm saying this only, and I'm saying this truly, like, if you're into poop, you're into poop. You're not hurting anyone. Right. Yeah. But, like, if what we're talking about is something where you, you're, you're, you're fearful that you may cause harm to someone. Right. Then you go, or yourself, then you go see a psychiatrist. Uh, but, A, props to you for recognizing it before, and, you know, I'm going to assume it's worse than poop just based on the question. Sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, my thing is... And if it is poop, you you can still see a psychiatrist. Like it's fine, but you're right. into what you're into. You will find someone who's into poop. Right. The use of the word cringe too makes me lean more embarrassing. Yeah, like, that's true. Like too bad. So in the case that it is just something embarrassing, I mean, yeah, I think I think really the move is just kind of embracing the fact that even embracing the fact that it's embarrassing is sometimes the way to go about these things. Yep. It's just kind of yeah. self-awareness. Like, yeah, I'm cringe, but I'm sick cringe. Yeah. I like being cringe. I do just want to reinforce and uh, reiterate that if this is something harmful or illegal, then you absolutely have to seek assistance for it. And once again, thank you so much for figuring this out about yourself uh, before you endanger anybody else or yourself. It's de- but what if it's definitely something like stepping on sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, what if, it, yeah. If, it is, if it is that then yes then put embrace it and be, and be that put, and put, a, put, put some put some paper down go <laughs> by in the grocery store get uh get the food they're throwing out so and honestly it. if it's stepping on sandwiches i guarantee you you're gonna find someone who's just like that's not that bad yeah they can live with that plus after sex meal who doesn't Ooh. want that <laughs> what a bonus the fucking foot the foot sub <laughs> the five dollar Five dollar foot long. <laughs> Stepping on like a fucking foot grinder or a foot hoagie. What are some other regional sandwiches? A foot, foot Reuben. Foot a, Reuben. A foot hot brown. <laughs> oh. 
this, oh. was from, this was from years ago, but uh, we so there's there's a sandwich called the Kentucky Hot Brown. Yeah, I know what it is. Yeah, and a friend of mine was a free, frequented a restaurant where the Kentucky Hot Brown was served. And uh, he would often remark that a Kentucky hot brown in a sexual context is where somebody uh, takes their shoes off, puts their feet out in front of you, and you're sucking on their toes. And right as they're about to say, are you ready to move on? You stand up and you blast diarrhea onto their feet. That's a Kentucky hot brown. That doesn't what? seem like a <laughs> That's Kentucky not a kink. Brown. That's just having a bowel disturbance in the middle of your toe sucking time. <laughs> It's like coffee like you drink some coffee you get the poops maybe there's a thing like that with feet you're sucking on the toes and like oh shit getting stuff moving first thing i wake up suck on a toe go to the bathroom that's just kind of my morning routine it's how my if body you're works. if you're into giving or receiving kentucky hot browns that's okay no that's actually not okay that's not-, <laughs> <laughs> not on board not on board with that one um there was something else in here uh th- the like finding it very difficult to get in the mood without it. I'm imagining then that this is something that's maybe like disrupting your dating life. Yeah. That's sort of what I thought too. Like you're getting this kind of embarrassment cringe about this. And I imagine it's frustrating to try to find partners who are into get it. On fat life. Fat get on fat life. Yeah. Get on fat life. Uh, so if that's the case, yeah. Getting out there and, and finding other people in the community, uh, I, I think is helpful here. Uh, cause again, like if this is something that isn't harming anybody, a lot of, t- it, it's very hard to kind of fight those things. I think sure. like, full on like this, especially if you're describing it, it's like an unhealthy addiction. Like you have this very strong drive to do this. It's like essential to your sexuality. I think you're going to put yourself a lot of pain by just trying to stuff that down and be like, no, like this, uh, this is embarrassing. I got to do something else. So I say embrace the cringe if it's something that's not hurting somebody. Right. Uh, and if it's the Kentucky hot brown, then go see a psych. <laughs> or, 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 or don't. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. But if it, is, if it is harming someone, oh, I think we should reiterate, absolutely do go see a psychiatrist. But good and luck with it. Oh, yes, certainly. No, no, that was it. Good luck with it, uh, whatever it is. And, and also, like, also, with the fat life communities and stuff, I don't know, maybe look around online for people with similar experiences, too, because I'm sure this is a thing that a lot of people go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe maybe can get some insight that way. Or, you know, know that it's not just you, like so, like a lone fucking weirdo or something. Uh, unless it is. Unless it's something we've never heard of. Mm-hmm. All right, what else we got in here? I believe you are reading this one. God damn it. Yes, okay. <laughs> Uh, hey, Arthur and Donovan, long time, first time. Hello. Howdy. My 29F, or my 29F boyfriend is moving in with me when his lease is up in September. The one problem is he collects swords. It's good to have a hobby, but I don't have the space or the bravery to allow them to be hung on my home's walls. I have tried to tell him that I'll need to sell some of them, but he refuses to budge and says that we'll find room for them somehow. I don't want to have him stop pursuing a hobby he enjoys, but it's incompatible with our lifestyle right now. Any more swords will only make the problem worse. What do I do? Does, okay, uh, so absent knowing how big the apartment is, I would assume it's a one-bedroom. Uh-huh. And what I would do would be don't hang them on the wall at all. What I would do, I think you would, but in some sort of like shadow box uh. with, with other stuff. So like, just be like, listen, we don't have room for like, and I'm assuming that this boy, this person has a good collection of swords. Like I'm thinking like <laughs> well into two, like double digits, numbers of swords. <laughs> and I would say, listen, pick like your three favorites. I'll make a shadow box for them. And we'll hang it up on the wall, um, and just and and say like that's the compromise I'm willing to make. I'm 29 years old. I'm not really willing to decorate our shared home together with swords, <laughs> but but then you have to be willing to say like you should have a say in how we decorate because I think one of the the sort of hidden things when couples move in together is that it's sort of expected for the I guess classically the woman to to decorate. And then the man doesn't feel like, and I'm, I know I'm slipping into heteronormative roles, but for the sake of simplicity, uh, 
and then he doesn't feel like it's, it's his space and that like that creates this weird conflict you never really address right. so i think meeting it head on and being like i can't do that and i'm not willing to do that but like i'm willing to compromise here three in a shadow box or a light box or whatever it's called and like why don't we pick some art or something to go in that box like something associated with like samurai culture or like all of that stuff or like mm-hmm. th- that really cool wave hitting Mount Fuji, like woodcut. Right. Which is cultural appropriation, but whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing my best here. <laughs> We're trying to solve the sword problem first and foremost. Uh, we can iron out the other issues later. I like that, uh, particularly the insight on decorating between couples. Because uh, I assume that like a big component of the whole collection got to be showing the things off and it's kind of your your space is sword themed you know but but swords uh isn't everybody's favorite decorative motif everything can't necessarily be a sword uh and also introducing that like kind of shadow box idea i feel like there's a little bit of like a project there and it's also showing some interest like hey we could find some other stuff that goes along with this uh i feel like that shows some like hey i, I respect your sword appreciation uh even though I want you to tone it down a little bit. Right. As a, what's, what, what term do I want to use? A Renaissance American. I grew, oh. up with, I grew up at the Renaissance Festival. I am quite familiar with swords as a decorating motif. I don't have, I understand space. I absolutely understand space as a constraint, but I don't have the bravery you simply well, must summon the bravery. Yeah, you're going to have to get over that must. one. Because, well, gonna... listen, these are fucking expensive. And compared to, say, uh, I'm going to shit on half of our listenership, compared to, say, anime figurines, it's a little classier. Ooh. It's a little classier wow. decoration, I feel. Wow. This is just my opinion. Everyone who found us through Ballin' Out Super uh, just exited. Oh, out, no, exited that's true. Oh, fuck. It literally is like half our listenership found us because of anime. Oh, God. Uh, walk it back. Walk it back. Um, Arthur was playing a character there called Evil Arthur. That was uh, a bit. That was a bit. It's a very you know interesting character because it's exactly like Arthur, but with a deep hatred of anime. <laughs> you know, I watched the same episode of Tenchi Muyo three times. You know I can tolerate anime. That's anime. true. That's I do true. enjoy anime. You know this about me. But like as far as as far as swords as a decorating motif, I think it's a little doper than maybe anyone on this call is giving it credit for and maybe a little cooler than like you would think. So I think maybe and I do agree that pick your pick your three favorite, give them a really nice display. Don't have a wall of especially if some of the collection is fucking like hundred dollar mall samurai shit. If you're hanging like like a six hundred dollar hand and a half in a really cool way. That's one thing. If you're handing, yeah. if you're hanging like a pair of nunchucks you bought at the mall for fifteen dollars, that's quite another <laughs> different um, story. So maybe evaluate the quality of the of the items, and you sure. do, there will have to be a a compromise. Matt. Alternatively, you could take all of them and store them in a stone, <laughs> <laughs> and then he's going to have trouble at, retrieving them. And this the is the king, of a, or at the bottom of a lake. lake. Yeah. yeah. And then he's got trouble retrieving him. The storage is handled. But then if he can pull them out, he is crowned king and you can upgrade to a bigger residence and sword problem out the window. Because you need the sword at that point to defend your honor. Very true. true. Have I ever said the line where like I would hit it so hard that if you pulled my dick out, you'd become the king? Yeah. I've never heard that, but I am stealing it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh also, uh, somebody mentioned the bravery. I don't know. I, maybe it's just like currently this guy's got loose swords hanging everywhere. <laughs> so you bump <laughs> yeah, into something and right. like impaled. <laughs> Not ideal. So the shadow box covers that too. Yeah. keeps the fucking blade out of the way. It's a little bit classier. Unites them all into kind of a thing. I think that's the compromise you got to look for. If it's really getting down to it, if he is really fucking attached to these things, Maybe a storage unit situation right. until you get a bigger that place. As well. Yeah. yeah. Once, uh, once you have a bigger place, anticipate an armory. There will be a room <laughs> of your home that is the fucking. That armory. looks like the bet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Halberds and shit. <laughs> Rendered obsolete by the archibus. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck. Uh, 
negotiating this this sword situation. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, please update on us, though, because this yeah. is a really good question. This I, I like this a lot. All right, Arthur, what else is in? Uh, what else is in our scabbard here? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Hiya, tote baggers. Yeah, what's cracking? I just want to say that you're both total sweeties. Yes. I love the pod. I think you're doing the Lord's work. Hope you're all thriving. I think so. I'm doing pretty good. Now, my question. I'm going to be homesick as... Am I going to be homesick as fuck forever? My wife and I moved to rural New England to be closer to her family back in May, and I'm having a really hard time adjusting to our new life here. We are both in our 30s. We've been together for 10 years. Our relationship is full of love, mutual support, and care for each other, and I feel really blessed to have someone like her in my life. I was born and raised in rural Virginia. I have a lot of deep roots there and feel a really strong sense of place and attachment to the landscape there. My wife grew up in rural New England and feels similarly about her childhood home. When we met, we were in the Peace Corps. And when I moved out to Charlottesville, Virginia to go to nursing school, she followed me there and we built a life together. I've got a lot of close friends in Virginia, a lot I've known since I was a little kid, and I've made some really powerful connections to comrades who I organize with there. We decided to make the move north to be closer to her family. And at the time, I felt like it would be a cool new adventure together. I was excited at first, but the shine wore off pretty quickly. I just miss home, friends, and my family so fucking badly. I have no specific complaints about the new place. I feel like there's a lot of people that I could get to be friends with around here, and my new job is fine. The problem is just that I feel depressed as hell, and I think about my old when I think about my old home. I can't help comparing everything around me to what we left behind. We had a really tight crew of friends in Charlottesville, and sometimes I miss them so badly it makes me crazy. I talk on the phone a lot with them, and after I hang up, I just feel even worse because I feel like our lives are drifting further apart. I've told my, life, my wife about how I feel, and she's been understanding. Her opinion is that these are basically growing pains and that things will get better as we get more established. She misses our old friends too, but has a community of family and childhood friends up here. She's been a total sweetheart and has put in a lot of effort to try to keep my spirits up, uh, help, me introduce, help introduce me to people, and has generally been very supportive. I've got tons of new free time and spend it exercising and working on myself. But no matter what I do, I just feel lonely and sad all the time. I can't help feeling that I'd rather spend time with the friends I already have than invest the time and effort it takes to build a new community here. This month, we've got a trip planned to go camping with some old friends, and I'm really looking forward to it. But I'm worried that it's just going to make things worse. I want to support my wife and let her be close to the people and places she loves, but I feel really, really homesick. Am I being selfish? Should I just suck it up and push through this? What the heck should I do? Sorry this was so long. Love you with four U's. Thanks for reading. Damn. That sucks ass. Yes. That's really hard. That's incredibly hard. Thank you for writing in about this. Uh, this is a situation I'm familiar with. Uh, yeah, you've been everywhere. But had an easier time with, I guess, because I, I, I like moved about every three years my entire life. Uh, and so I've experienced this feeling like a few times of being in the new place and like it just doesn't quite add up and you get this like, ah, oh, God feeling and everything is just, I don't know, everything you do kind of comes to your mind in comparison and you're like, it was better in an old place and it sucks and that starts stacking up on you and kind of snowballing. Right. And there's a degree to which that's true. Like there's a degree to which, as they were saying in here, sometimes it sucks to have to put the effort back in to build the new network and make new friends and establish yourself in the, in the new place or whatever. Uh, especially like if you're kind of already feeling down, you know, which it sounds like partially has happened to you because you've, you've got this move into a new city with less support system. It, it's still a very fucking stressful time uh, in, in general in life. Uh, and so, and so it all makes sense. But I guess what I'm getting at is, uh, you 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 gotta how do, how do I kind of frame this to myself when I go to the the new places? Uh, I kind of looked at it as like a you got a little opportunity for reinvention in some aspects. You could get into some new things. You could meet some different kinds of people, uh, but not looking at it so much as like I am replacing these old ones, but looking as like you're just creating you know more people who could be close to you in that way. And if you take the time to kind of reach out to people, you know, back in your hometown and you got the camping trip coming up and just keeping some kind of activity with them, uh, 
I feel like that helps, you know, especially with phone stuff, because you kind of have them as a support system still if you're keeping in touch. Uh, but at the same time, you're working on the other stuff. It's just like you kind of got to get out of the burden uh, where if you try anything new, it's like, oh, this doesn't fucking compare because you do kind of got to come in with an open heart and give things like a fair shake. You know, otherwise you're just kind of doomed to fail with it. Yeah. Uh, there's a story I want to tell now. And f- during this story, I am going to issue a content warning for suicide. Uh, but I feel like it's important to, to talk about this because this can be a very serious thing. Skip ahead about 40 seconds to skip this story. I knew a woman who was very successful, had a beautiful family, uh, you know, two kids, great husband, and husband got a new job. And they moved hundreds of miles away to a new city. And uh, shortly thereafter, she drove back to their old home and hung herself in it. Jesus. So this can be really fucking dangerous. Uh, these feelings you're having and like if you are feeling at all suicidal or you feeling like you know like ever like all this is too much and the depression is is very serious then please 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 seek professional assistance in this regard mm-hmm. um but i do think that the like donovan said this is an opportunity for reinvention this is an opportunity i think it's more of an opportunity than maybe your psyche is letting you give it credit for right um sure You've got a lot of chances here. Uh, and I, yeah, I do think that if you come at it with an open heart, um, then this can be a net positive. I just, you know, I, I worry based on the story I told. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I could see it too as just if you're in a, like, cause, and also to this person, like, kind of where I'd also wonder where you were at prior to this move. Mm, like, we're yeah. already struggling a bit with right. kind of the depression and stuff. Because uh, a move, the shakeup, the loss of support system you're talking about, or loss of proximity at least, it could be that those aren't the problem in themselves, but they are exacerbating something that you're sure. dealing with, uh, you know, which is totally understandable. Uh, but again, what, kind of getting at what Arthur was saying, that might be something that would be better to address, address at the at the root and maybe get some therapy going if it's you know something you've been struggling with for for a bit like that. Because uh, if fuck, I I I. I I don't know. I feel bad because I, I I'm simultaneously like I've had the moving experience so many times that I kind of like it and like I don't I was just kind of grew up like that. That's kind of all I know. But I've also been in those situations of like I don't know when I was younger, moving to a new school, waking up in the morning and just fucking sobbing like I have to yeah. do this all fucking over again, and it seems so goddamn overwhelming. Uh, but it it gets to I don't know some of the other stuff we've been talking on the show and generally. I've been talking about coping mechanisms with anxiety and kind of try to stop pushing the thing down and stop trying to fight it and kind of find a way to work through it. Uh, You know, for me, it's the yoga and meditation. And the problem with those, at least initially, is before you kind of know that it works. And even after, sometimes you start and it's not what you want to do. And you're like, oh, this feels like shit for the first five minutes. But when you kind of break through there, it ends up being good and you kind of keep it up. And I feel like it could be similar with this, right? Because meeting new friends, building a new support system, you know, meeting strangers, getting part of this group you don't know anybody about, like those are all stressful experiences, but they lead to kind of that support system that's good. It's just kind of you have to get through the hard part first. And I'm sure that's extra hard because you're already having a rough time. Uh, But I guess maybe just reframing it a bit as that or or just, I don't know, knowing that it isn't isn't always going to be so new and scary like this feeling of you know kind of cut loose uh god i'm starting from scratch like that does get better uh you just kind of gotta you just kind of gotta get out there and and do your best about it it's fucking hard though so we we empathize with you here it's it's not fun we have any moving experience uh i moved uh I wasn't unhappy to get out of the town I grew up in, so I, I, I yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I uh, I'm I'm sympathetic uh, in the sense that I think specifically COVID has really sort of knocked a bunch of shit out of whack for a bunch of people, mm-hmm. and so now you're you know you're they said they said rural New England, right? We're just I New England, so. yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I think it's also just sort of a shock to the system more than anything, and like. Obviously, you know, Arthur's right. If 
you know, you you start you continue to experience these feelings, especially of, of sort of the hopelessness, then um, you know, you should seek professional help. But I think part of it is also that you're totally reinventing your life in your thirties. Yeah. And that that can't be a good time. That can't be fun. You know, you're hoping that the people you meet are at the same stage in life as you are. You know, if you if you don't have kids and more people have kids around you, that's you know something to consider. Yeah. So you know, the other thing I would say is is you know, in all honesty, if you use Facebook, look for Facebook groups that you can join locally. See if you know if anyone wants to. You know, New England. Has, if you drink, New England has a ton of great breweries. Maybe you could drive to. Maybe organize like you know uh, some sort of board game night if you're into board games and just sort of try to. You're never going to be able to replicate those memories you have with your friends, but by dwelling on them, and I'm and I and I know that like you, I I'm not saying like oh just stop dwelling on them, but right. obviously like you know you want to sort of try to create new experiences and understand that that's sort of the only option you have. So I'm I'm certainly sympathetic, but I would say yeah, like I think I think it is part growing pain, part depression, part you know just taking stock of your life in your thirties, especially as it sounds like they have no kids. And, and also like you sound dear writer of like, uh, you really appreciate your wife in this. Don't, don't lose sight of that, you know? And while, you know, it, you, you did a cool thing and a good thing by, by moving to be next closer to her family. Don't blame her for your problems. And it doesn't sound like they are. But sure. just if you I can see that happening if you're not careful. Yeah. So also like Ryan continue to be graceful to your wife with that. To the best he can. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I know that situation's tough. Uh and yeah, I mean just uh, Liam, I liked what you said about finding the groups or setting up an event or they were talking about organizing and here, you know, I I don't know how, how many folks are into that in rural New England, but within right. that region I'm sure you could uh, find some people, but like part of it too, is just, it, it, it's a little harder to make friends. The older you get, it can yeah, be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it it's a real, it's, it could be a struggle. And something like that, that has some structure and a common purpose. It's the fucking, it's the rock climbing thing. Again, we're talking about the rock climbing thing. Again, <laughs> find something you like, do the thing. Other people, they're into that same thing. It's an easier, like jumping off point. And then kiss like, them. Yes. And then kiss the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, your best friends. That's how that works. <laughs> uh, thanks, thanks for writing in with us. I really appreciate you um, sharing this with us. Um, yeah, you know, I, I really desperately hope everything works out for you. Good, good luck to you for sure, and keep us updated with it also, because you know, I, 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 we we very much like to hear how how things are going for people, especially yeah. in a, a situation like this that's like very concrete. So no. You, I hope some of that advice is good, and uh, I hope you have an easier time up there and, and get a social circle going. Yeah, all the luck. Okay. Here's another one. <clears throat> Hi to my favorite two to three tote baggers. Nice. Hey. Yes. <laughs> yes. People including the guests in these questions. Love I'm, it. I'm loving seeing it. I have a question, which is why I'm writing it. All right. Okay. Uh, when I was 19, I met a girl in a support group for a specific type of trauma. Turned out that we had a lot in common and began to date, but she had commitment issues. This has led her to breaking things off with me a total of seven times over 11 years while I have dated other people. As I approach 30 with no partner and the fear of dying alone grows. It's going to be fine. I'm debating getting back together with no. her once more. Do <laughs> do this. Because she's the one person who actually knows me and loves me. Mm. I know this is a bad idea, mm. but okay. I know no, I, I need someone to talk me out of it. I'll Liam, do it. get her. Don't fucking do this. <laughs> get her. Do not do this. Do not do this. Do not do this. Listen, gonna... yeah. people are much more understanding of trauma than they were 10 years ago. I understand it's specific. I understand it's going to take time to build those connections with people. Do not do this. Can't do it. You, can't, you cannot, no, cannot do this. You Generally, as a general rule, you cannot get back together with somebody because the things that suck the first time are going to suck the second time or yeah. the third time or the fourth or the seventh time around, for God's Eighth. sake. Eighth. 
Eighth, yeah, for your fucking oh, yeah. eighth time around on this particular fucking issue. It's not going to fucking work unless, unless. Oh, no. say Here's another. Oh, no. Unless you both <laughs> have had just earth shatteringly, cha- like life changing, be- like your behaviors are completely different. If you're essentially, right. if you can, lit- if she can look at herself and you can look at yourself and both say, we're kind of completely new people when we can come at this new, we can come at this fresh. That being said, I don't think that's the fucking case. And I'm yeah. I'm going with the no, 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 no. With with the amount of times here, and particularly over such a long time, because Arthur, like I agree with what you're saying. I think we've said this before, but yeah. like to get back together with somebody, you kind of need to be fucking separate. And it sounds like you've still been pretty intertwined for yeah. this amount of time. And that just again makes me imagine that these same issues are going to come up. Uh but I get the I'm approaching 30 with no partner situation. Like I get that anxiety about being alone or whatever. Uh, but just fucking stats here. There is not a chance in hell that this this one person is the only one person who could work for you. Yeah. They might be the easiest. Right. And, not, and I don't mean that because uh, it's not necessarily easy, but like the most accessible, I guess. Like, you know that you have these things in common. You have this certain understanding with each other. And so I get the appeal. Like there's a history yeah. there. I think a lot, most people probably get that impulse to go back to the ex sometimes. Uh, a big component, two things to remind yourself here. Number one, you're not going to die alone because you're coming up on 30. You're going to uh, be fine. I'm almost 30. I'm out dating. It's been greater than dating in my 20s thus far. People got a lot more going on at this point. I'm yeah. feeling more confident. You're good. There's, there's lots of single people out there uh, who would appreciate you and you would appreciate me. And uh, the other thing is, I, I've been in this situation where, like, I was getting farther and farther out of this relationship, and I was dating, and it wasn't going well, and it's like, oh, back then, everything with them, remember all the good things? And you start parading the good things through your mind. Yes, you're you like, do. Like an asshole. Do not do this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Instead, br- just bring to your mind the shit that has sucked about this. You know, the things that have not worked like seven times to your mind seven times times. (laughs) eighth time is not the charm get a big neon seven and put it up on your wall if you have to tattoo it on your own face like a fucking (laughs) memento situation do whatever you can so that you don't forget the shitty parts of this because the fucking rose-colored glasses will fuck you up you'll invest a bunch of time in this and if it doesn't pan out again you're kind of even worse off it it just it's unnecessary heartbreak it's an unnecessary waste of time uh again, i'm not going back this is fucking hard i i, I don't want to you know make, make this come across as if it's a very easy thing to do this it is it, in my experience it is something you have to actively work at and actively all the goddamn catch yourself time. Yep. when they're coming to your mind catch yourself yep. when you're all oh, things were great and then be like no seven move on to the next thing if you have let's them. find something better if you have them Delete the nudes. Delete everything. Get rid of. Yep. Get rid of it. Get yep. rid of all yep. of the social yep. media. Delete the pictures of yourselves together. Don't fucking. If this is. If it's memory really, hold them. Memory, memory hold, hold them. that shit. <laughs> memory hold them. It didn't happen. You are a Soviet redactor. You are taking care <laughs> of some fucking business. You're removing <laughs> things from the record. Uh, if you if you this may seem extreme, but we are experts. It's true. Yeah. I mean, we've all fucking done that. Who? Okay, who on the call has gotten back together with somebody? Me? Oh, yeah. Did oh, it fucking suck? Was it terrible? Oh yeah. Yeah, it sucked. And we and you know this because you've done it fucking seven times before. So don't do it again. You can't do it again. You're absolutely right that whatever sucked the first seven times is still gonna suck time number eight. There you go. I understand it's maybe easier and less scary, but you're gonna be fine. It's like the Fast and the Furious movies. It doesn't matter how many you make. It's going to be the same thing, more or less. Nine isn't, eight isn't going to be. Oh, wow, they're driving planes this time? They're not racing? They drive a car. The only thing that matters is family. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fucking living for that meme right now. It's so good. I saw one. It's it's, um, fucking, it's the shot of Gendo Ikari from uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion standing. He's all silhouetted, standing over top of the Ava. Uh-huh. but he's holding a shotgun in the silhouette and it says Shinji get in the family <laughs> uh, I've never actually seen uh, any of those movies I just know that there are cars and Vin Diesel yep. and family and family and, uh, good luck to you yeah. I, I, I also 
as much as you can, try to get out there and date and meet new people because that is a huge thing. It's just yeah. to remind yourself that there's fucking people out there that you can make that connection with too. It might be harder to find them than this person you already know, uh, but the ones you're looking for, this is time number one. Like, there's a good chance yeah. it could roll out well, just odds wise. On time number eight here, I, it's probably not going to roll out well. Go for the better dice roll. It's the short term. Ah, oh, God, I'm single. Yeah. This is tough. I have to, you know, kind of rebuild myself a little bit if you're very intertwined with this person. Uh, that's so fucking smart. That's, that, that is the move for long-term happiness here. Uh, and so we wish you good luck with it because, as we've said, we fucking know this is very hard to do. Yes. It's very, it's very stressful. So good luck with it. Do you know what's easy and not stressful? What's that? Plugs! Plug in oh. your stuff. Liam, tell the folks where Fucking, they can find you. Shit. Hey, Time yeah. flies. Time does fly. God damn. Uh, <laughs> not where at the end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, I am on two podcasts. Uh, I am on Well, There's Your Problem, which is a podcast. Podcast. Fuck. Podcast about <laughs> uh, engineering disasters, which in and of itself is a disaster. And I am also now on Lions Led by Donkeys, which is a yeah. leftist military history podcast. Uh, with Joe Kasabian, uh, we just released an episode, the first episode I'm a regular on about, uh, Pancho Villa and the dueling race wars of, uh, U.S. Mexico. Wow. Hell yeah. Big, uh, big recommendation from us, uh, on, on both of those. Definitely. Liam is fantastic. The co-hosts are fantastic. It's all around good time. And, uh, if you're out there, uh, one of those folks who's kind of trying to rebuild themselves hey get a impressive knowledge of engineering disasters and then that'll be a nice thing to bring up on, on a first date yeah you know? talk about a factory collapse That's so i actually i have a quick right. story i have a quick story before we go please please oh, uh so someone i'm gonna keep them as anonymous as possible someone in, in my dms uh about six to eight months ago uh hit me up and was like hey like i just want you to know like I'm a huge fan of your podcast and like I recently started getting on Tinder and uh and they had like the ask me about they put engineering disasters and like they asked me like um I the they matched with someone who is also a listener of uh of the show oh. and and they were like they talked about us for a while and the person DM'd me was like, can I lie and say, like, you think I'm cool, like we've talked? And I was like, <laughs> you are cool and we've talked. Hope this helps. <laughs> and That's they funny. sent me a picture of them holding a printout of that DM. <laughs> Did they show him? Yeah, and like with the other person, like both... <laughs> both both like holding thumbs up uh that's so good yeah that's so uh, fucking good that's excellent <laughs> listener content yeah uh yeah all right uh, uh, uh I, I almost closed this out like it was my podcast <laughs> do you want to next, do- next episode is uh the tacoma narrows relationship the, disaster, disaster. <laughs> yeah as it turns out uh communication is key both in, bu- in Brit- building bridges literal and metaphorical <laughs> good fucking times uh arthur who do we got to shout out here we're gonna shout out ryan from episode 105 rich homie click clack we're shouting out my dad we're gonna shout out barb we're shouting out spreadable fruit we're talking about daddy folks we're talking about dylan that's it that's the plugs that's all of them okay uh Patreon.com slash RFTB, $5 bonus episode every week. $10, you get your name shouted out there. We'll give you a sound effect if you want. Yeah. Uh, we will not add Rich Homie as a prefix to your name if you would prefer not to. <laughs> Whatever you want. <laughs> we'll put it up there. Uh, and do, is there usually something else to say? I feel like I'm Well, I say it. that our intro song is the song Hanging On by the band Nowhere and that you can find their music at nowheremusic.bandcamp.com is what I say. And then you say. Yes. Yes, and that leads me to say uh, our outro song is a song Stephanie by the Hey Fellows. You can find them at Instagram.com slash the Hey Fellows or on Spotify, the Hey Fellows. Folks, uh, I want to thank uh, Liam for joining us, first of all. You're welcome. Hey, buddy. Thank uh, you for returning. Thank you Good for having times. me on. Uh, I want to thank the listener for tuning in. 
And I want to lean onto this microphone. I'm going to get real close like I've been known to do. And I'm going to say I love you. Thanks. Bye. Oh, like I've been known to do. That was a little that was a little too much for Liam. (laughs) 